Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 28th of February 2022 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 375, take two. I'd uh, said Monday, the 28th of March in my first take. I was getting ahead of myself. Hope you're all healthy anyway and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. Back to a Monday record this week. Roadworks, the drilling due to start at uh, 1000 hours. I don't know why it's slightly later during the week because at the weekends it starts at 0800 hours, which is a an absolute pain. Either way, got to get the show out before, well, got to get it recorded before 1000 hours. Drilling imminent. That is a really deep ditch across the road really extensive works and I think we're probably looking at well how it's currently looking I'd say we're weeks away well I'm saying where as if you're part of this Uh, I'm weeks away basically from that road being or this road rather being back to normal heat rationing still the drop in temperature the last couple of days has meant I've just got more ladybirds coming in through the back window I was at a residence meeting on Saturday evening which I'll come to later in the show and uh, one of my neighbours who's also on the top floor he said he has that problem with ladybirds it is a big problem for me psychologically because of that fear of anything with wings they're not easy to exterminate either ladybirds there's i don't think there's anything that you can buy in shops and they're just very difficult to very difficult to get rid of basically and i've got blinds rather than curtains and you know i've resealed the windows i'm gonna have to tape them up again because those things are still coming through and uh, i got back from a gig late last night and i found about four in the study i found one in the front room and uh, yeah it just uh, unsettles me it might seem like a minor thing to you but imagine having one of your phobias constantly present in your flat or your house you might be lucky enough to live in a house, there's a pop-up from my phone, storage almost full. That's all those dermatology pictures that I keep saving and zooming in on. And, uh, yeah, just need to get rid of those. Very tired. The gigs, uh, they've been going well, uh, but I feel very tired. And I, I find myself thinking, well, there's no need to feel that tired. But then I look at the traveling. I've had to travel to West London, and I'm doing it by bus. So that's hours on buses in the evenings coming back very late I also think that well then there's the problem which I knew I think that was the first hard swallow there at uh, 08.40 hours was discussing uh, hard swallows with my speech therapist uh, last week uh, on the phone and uh, via email the body clock just seems very out of sync I expected that because you come back from a gig and if you're like me you've expended so much nervous energy just about on the right side of nerves I do think the the medication has actually given me a bit of an advantage this time I'm not feeling as nervous as I was when I used to do this so at the moment I think I think I've 
got the right kind of nerves that you need in order to maybe feel alive on stage, though I, I'd still like to rein those nerves in a bit. Uh, you know, I can feel myself slight. I can feel myself slightly anxious before the gigs, but nothing compared to what it was like a few years ago. And the thing is, I rehearse an hour every day, every day, just to burn this into my muscle memory. And I've also recorded the set and the retweaked set because I've brought in a couple of new gags, which went down well yesterday. And I've recorded them on my phone. And if I have a chance before a gig, I just listen to the set a few times. So the body clock is just out of, out of whack. And I do think the nervous energy that I'm expending is probably adding to that tiredness. You know, I'm an early riser. If I'm not doing anything on the weekends, especially on a Saturday, I'll get up really early, have my breakfast, have three coffees. It's always the way, decaf coffee, and have my breakfast and go and lie down, start off by reading, then I'll listen to something. Then inevitably I'll nod off the cat nap bad dreams and this time I nodded off for four hours that was so unlike me and I was up at uh, 14 30 hours on Saturday and I just felt that was a, a, a waste of a waste of half a day and I I still felt tired I still felt sluggish and yesterday before yesterday's gig I can't tell you how tired I felt I was worried that I was going to struggle up there I just felt again I just felt very sluggish and uh Something I'm probably going to have to look at. Hopefully, my body clock will adapt. I mean, I'm just at the start of this. I've just, you know, it's only uh, less than a couple of weeks since I went back. I've done four gigs in 10 days. And uh, maybe it's just a case of the body needing to adapt. Last week's gigs, hard swallow, 08.43 hours. Uh, that's uh, That might be more hard swallows already than last week's show. On the hard swallow in front, I think I was doing okay last week. Uh, last week's gigs, Monday night, I was at Lollipops in Kilburn. I went on late um i was meant to go on halfway through and i kept getting bumped further and further back it was an okay night a couple of extroverts in the front row uh i did okay less energy though in the audience uh, for my stuff than there was the previous week at the Cavendish arms had a uh, a bringer uh, an old friend uh turn up he filmed it but it wasn't really i don't think the video would do me too many favors whereas you know yesterday i wish i'd had that set video because that would certainly get me more gigs so again you don't know what kind of audience you're getting it was a youngish crowd but not that uh young there was a a comic who was in his mid-40s he actually looked ill his waxy pallor suggested he was ill and he was wearing a hat, which made me a bit suspicious. And he was talking about, he asked if there was anyone older than him. He was, um, I won't say his age, but I was older than him. Uh, but I didn't uh, I didn't uh, put my hand up. I didn't raise my hand. I left him on his own with that. He, he was okay. He, he said something which really struck a chord with me. He expressed his, his I don't know, his disappointment, I suppose, that... Whenever he's now in some kind of gathering, whether it's a stand-up gig or some social gathering, what have you, that he's often the oldest person. It's happening more and more. And it is. It's, it's difficult to get to that point in your life. And, of course, you know, the, the, the different generations who struggle to relate to each other. And on Wednesday night, I mean, there were some ridiculously young comics, including an 18-year-old with a, a beard who looked about 25 and he had that arrogance that you have when you're, when you're young, so I can't criticise him for that. He was also wearing a hat and I, 
I do have a problem with comics that wear hats on stage. It's like, okay, this is my alter ego, my on-stage alter ego. I'm going to wear a hat, particularly the wide-brimmed hats, which I think are not essential in a in a social setting. He was wearing a de- he was wearing a decent hat, but the kind of hat really you'd associate with a creative type, someone in a band, you know, I guess a stand-up comic. But he didn't need it. Uh, he, he he didn't need it. It's just. Uh, when comics are working on their looks to that extent, well, they think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to add a hat here. I don't know. Hat indoors. Anyway, uh, Monday, Kilburn. I got to Kilburn fairly early, fairly, fairly early. And, you know, hard swallow 8.45. It's gone 8.46 now, but it was definitely just before 08.46 hours. I've always, there are parts of West London that I really like that I think are just the nicest that you'll, it's the nicest area at its best the nicest area i think that you'll find in london but then there are parts of west london or northwest london i think uh, mr michael Boyd. he told me that it was actually uh west london no not west london i'm getting confused in northwest london and it was just really bleak i walked around because i'd got there really early walked around for a bit and i just thought this is as bad as southeast london it it actually looked more bleak than uh, southeast london uh, wasn't uh, it took me by surprise my friend turned up a bit uh, late he'd been for a dirty weekend with uh with his girlfriend, but uh, it was good of him to turn up and, uh, you know, having someone there, I guess, at this early stage, it does, it can uh, give you that extra confidence, although, you know, it, it is a stress having to find a bringer constantly for most of these nights. I've got a night on Saturday, which is, uh, actually, I, I'm not sure if I'm running before I can walk there because it's a, it's a, uh, paid entry so i think there's going to be very ex- well some experienced comics there i'm going to be uh really going to have to be on my game but it means i don't have to bring a bringer so i can just focus on my set you know when i've got people coming along i can't listen to it on my phone just beforehand and you know my friend was saying last week uh because i started to get a tiny bit anxious because as the night went on you start to feel less sharp than you were at the start of the night and uh, there were people turning up who were referring to their phones occasionally if they forgot anything or they'd have a uh, some paper on stage with them and they put it to one side just in case they forgot any part of their set and he said why don't you do that that that's just you know for some insurance for me i think i'm the kind of guy if i do that then i'll be in trouble then i'm basically saying to myself i have absolutely no confidence in all the rehearsing that i'm doing you know 7 8 hours a week uh, just aligning these books that I've still yet to sell on eBay. Hopefully those won't be falling down off the desk. Uh, where was I? Yeah, I, I feel if I do that, you know, I've got to have faith in the amount of work I've put into this and I don't want to be using crib notes. I don't want to be uh, cheating. The gig on Wednesday in Shepherd's Bush, I got completely lost. And again, I had to call up uh, Mr. Boyd whose uh, knowledge of London Street saved me. And I got I got off at the right bus stop, but then I headed off in the right direction. I had to come back on myself. And then I thought, you know, uh, Mickey had uh, got me on the right road. And I thought, okay, job done. I'm here. And yet it was at the right at the other end, right at the other end of uh, Shepherd's Bush I had to get to, to 
to this gig and it was uh, it was another sort of 15 20 minute walk what i did notice about that area apart from it being very scummy uh, no change there with shepherd's bush um shall i leave those sounds in i'm gonna have to edit those out at some point will i remember probably not I noticed there were a lot of pubs, far more pubs than you'd get on the average uh, South London street, which maybe suggests it's a closer-knit community and, and, you know, a a bit of a throwback uh, community. But, yeah, a bit of a a grim area. Uh, The place was full of young comics. There wasn't much in the way of an audience, and I thought this is the kind of potentially the bad night that used to really affect me when I was doing this before. But there's going to be a few of these at this level. You know, because of my age, I just want to get through this level as quickly as possible, get as much stage time as I need to so I can start working my way towards some paid sets. And I went through it and I I did it okay. You know, I think the stage time was invaluable. I was a bit disappointed with the host because they were trying out new material, but they were just reading it off their phone. There was no effort at performing. They were just scrolling through their phone. They spent an hour on stage themselves in and around all the acts. Uh, I'll say that again, in and around all the acts. And I just thought that was really poor. Don't mind you trying out new material, but why don't you actually learn the material? You know, instead, uh, you know, I'm going to all this effort, going to all this effort with my work. I'd swallow 851 hours rehearsing, preparing, and I come along and the host who's made such a bad job of the night is just reading material off their phone and uh, they butchered my name. They butchered my name beforehand. And right at the end of the night, you know, as I was coming off stage, they said, thank you, Luke. I mean, what is it with my name? Forget, I mean, Ruiz Tyson. You got two vowels in Ruiz. You got a couple of vowels in Tyson, which should be dishon, really, as the host uh, called me yesterday. The MC called me yesterday, which was, it was better. At least he went uh, to the effort of checking with me how to say it. But uh, the first, when she called me on stage, she gave my name a sort of Germanic feel. And you know what? I don't hear to. Probably one of the benefits of uh, parking the football show, apart from the fact that I got to the point where I hated doing it, and I do feel relieved to have made that decision that the show is dead and it's just a case of, well, what am I going to do with the existing interviews? Because I've not missed it at all. And I do feel it's something that was, you know, going to make my health decline even more if I if I kept doing it it's just not worth doing so I don't miss it and one of the benefits of not doing it and and also this show I'm recording without headphones now is that uh, my hearing test before Christmas I, I think I might have mentioned it they did say really I ought to be wearing a hearing aid that's the last thing I need so I'm not going to be wearing a hearing aid but I have noticed I am in trouble now pretty much on a day-to-day basis with my hearing especially with quiet talkers my bringer yesterday at at the gig yesterday in Ealing was a very quiet talker I was really struggling to catch whatever they they were saying so it's it's a handicap and I I think at least I've I've freed my hearing up from regular punishment by not having to do all these uh, you know uh, interviews with uh, people so I'm certainly not going to miss the uh, uh, the football uh, show so the gig on Wednesday that had quite a few youngsters at the 18 year old uh, as I said had uh, some other younger comics there was a, a guy who looked like a throwback to the 80s he must have been about 30 uh, uh, sort of bobbed hair white guy bobbed hair bleached blonde so he looked very 80s he had a pierced nose he had a hoop through his nose uh, 
I don't know, slightly androgynous, very deep voice, very brave set in that it was a very long-winded story and the laughs were, there weren't many laughs, although I'm not a big laugher anyway, I'm not a laugh-out-loud guy, but what I liked was his confidence and he got away with it because he had a great smile and he persisted to the end and I thought, well, very similar to me, I do think storytellers, it's harder to engage with the audience and that's what I consider myself, a storyteller, I'm not a gag merchant. And so seeing how quiet his set was received, it kind of gave me a bit of confidence with mine. Thankfully, mine went down a bit better. But uh, yeah, fair play to the guy for continuing and, and, and you know, doing something where there were going to be no easy laughs. So again, the Shepherd's Bush night, that was, uh, that was a long journey back. The seats were incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, I riffed a bit at the start of my set, which is something I wouldn't have done. Uh, years ago so you know I'm feeling a bit more just a bit more confident I know of course that there are going to be some bad nights to come and I'm going to have to be ready for those I'm going to have to have the courage that I lacked first time around to try and bounce back from those and uh, we'll see at the moment I think what I'm learning is as the space daddy said study and practice that's the key it's all very well thinking that you're funny and you have a knack for this stuff but ultimately, it's going to come down to study and practice, study and practice. Uh, hygiene fail of the week was definitely dropping my four-coloured bick on the street yesterday. Was it on the street? I can't remember where I dropped it. But uh, thankfully, I had a backup four-coloured bick, and then um, I just bleached the four-coloured bick when I got home. I bagged it out while I was uh, at the gig. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I got back just in time for Howard Hughes' The Unexplained last night and then I played a late Star Wars football game we'll come to that later you know I've been playing some really there have been some very unusual kickoff times in the, in the uh, new Silver Age season seven but uh, I'm enjoying that and uh, I didn't get to sleep again last night properly I, I listened to the whole unexplained which I haven't done for a, for a while I tend to nod off try to get to sleep after that woke up again at 02:30 hours and then I was just uh, intermittently sleeping I guess is how I would uh, term it. I played, a, as I said, played a Star Wars fixture last night, uh, just after eleven hundred hours. So uh, busted bag. I'm trying to take a smaller bag to gigs, just so I've got stuff to 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 read. Uh, I forgot my glasses last week. There's the voice going. I forgot my glasses last week. Again, shows how scatty I am. So I had all this uh, reading material in there and work that I could be getting on with on the bus, but I just couldn't do it because I really can't see now without the glasses in terms of uh, writing and reading. And I, I just sometimes get frustrated at how disorganized I am. So I had this little bag. I didn't want to be taking my rucksack, but my little bag, the zip on the front pocket is broken. Can't stick anything in there. Everything has to go in the main compartment. I spent half the journey trying to fix that zip. I couldn't. The following day, I took it to my aunt's to see because she's pretty good at fixing zips. My uh, my aunt had my uncle trying to fix it. Don't go to too much trouble, I said to my uncle, knowing the bag was beyond repair. I just wanted to make sure everything that could be done for it had been done for it. Don't worry, my aunt piped in. He's got nothing else to do, my poor old Uncle, yesterday's gig in Ealing Broadway, that was a hell of a journey. Had to get to Victoria Station, then had to, I had a one day travel already, uh, five pounds. Then I had to pay two pounds 40 just to jump on the tube to get to Ealing Broadway. So, as I say, the cost of doing this, uh, I'm doing three, four gigs a week because I think it's important to strike while the iron's hot, while I'm feeling this positive about doing this and build up that stage time because I am 
in a rush because of my age. I don't have the time that younger people have to, to try and build some sort of paid career on the stand-up front. Uh, so I missed the Liverpool game yesterday and uh, Easy Nova, shout out to Easy Nova, he tweeted me about Mason Mont, uh, Mason Mont, Mason Mount, the Chelsea midfielder's bouffant. And I didn't respond because I was uh, looking to avoid, which I successfully did, looking to avoid the score for yesterday's game. I was taping it. I'm never going to watch it. Uh, I don't know why I take football games because I never watch them, but because this was a League Cup final, Liverpool-Chelsea, I thought maybe I'll make an effort to... Uh, watch it and I didn't reply to Easy Nova as I say because I was avoiding the score but I have been aware of Mason Mount's uh, hair it's very curious hair just in fact for someone so young he's had unusually dated hairstyles since he broke through at Derby County three four years ago but for the last couple of months he's he's gone up another level in terms of dated hairstyles he's been morphing into a Ted Danson like bouffant wearer and taken to another level, actually, by having a centre part in. It is really, really strange hair for any guy, but particularly one so young. And then uh, when I got home last night, I thought, uh, I'll swallow 0859. I thought, yeah, I'm not really going to watch the game, just try and find out the score. And I was disappointed that Liverpool had won again on penalties. I think I make that three of their last four League Cup finals have been won on penalties and 10 years ago they beat Cardiff on penalties. I think it's a poor way to win any final. Uh, I'm guessing Chelsea fans would have been fine winning on penalties, but we're we're seeing so many of these uh, trophies won on penalties now in modern football. It's just uh, a bit of a bugbear for me. The Vauxhall Pissoir, I noticed when I was waiting for my bus to get me to Victoria, I noticed that the Vauxhall Pissoir now uh, offers hand gel uh, about time too. Also, there's a very bright green sign there now all around the Pissoir. In brackets, it says very public. And then outside of the brackets, urinal. Urinal? Urinal? I think we've uh, agreed it should be urinal. Saturday evening, early evening, residence meeting regarding all the trouble here. And uh, I was in there. It took two hours and I had to help uh, the neighbour sort out uh, their shed, get it back to its original moorings. It had been blown away. The shed at the front of uh, the building had been blown away by by the storm. The residence meeting, there were only four of us there, which is pretty poor considering all the trouble that's uh, that's going on with repairs in this building. And it's slightly embarrassing that I was the only renter there. You know, it goes to show I have no emotional investment in this place or financial investment. I pay my rent every week. I'm trying to get the roof sorted. It's uh, been hugely detrimental to my life uh, for the last few years. And now I'm getting sucked into more and more of this stuff and I don't want it you know uh, I never wanted to buy a house I don't want to be having these problems I just want to live my life somewhere that I'm happy to be and I'm not happy uh, to be here and I've got to have a think about what my options are I had an email from a housing advisor last week you know I'm just trying to figure out how I can get out of this place so uh, I've got to do a bit more thinking in the evening I watched uh, the boxing the uh Josh Taylor, Jack Cattrall fight. There was no way Josh Taylor uh, won that. He looked weight drained from the off. And Cattrall, you could tell he'd uh, done a lot of sparring with Mayweather because he's got this incredible shoulder roll. It was a very cautious fight, as you tend to get with uh, when you have two Southpaw fighters. But it was uh, it was enjoyable. It was a bit dirty. But Cattrall definitely 
uh, done out of the win and he'll never get that opportunity again to fight for the four belts against one of the pound for pound fighters I think uh, Josh, uh, Josh Taylor's looking to move up to 147 where he's got fights against uh, Errol Spence and the great Terence Crawford uh, potentially uh, I don't think he'll he certainly won't do Terence Crawford but uh, Josh Taylor you know brilliant boxer but he, he is probably the nastiest boxer that I can remember in the run up to a fight he really does uh crossed the line and it was in front of his home crowd on Saturday and I think he, he got a bit schooled before the fight during the run up during the week or actually on the gloves are off the the Sky Sports show presented by Johnny Nelson he actually said to Jack Catterall well what are your excuses going to be this time because every time you fight there's always some some issue that you mention some reason for not performing properly and then on Saturday Catterall performs brilliantly and Josh Taylor says well yeah I wasn't at my best but he was at his best and he still couldn't beat me well give the guy his dues you know first of all you're saying before the fight that he's a guy who always finds uh, excuses as to why he wasn't able to put on a particular performance but now he finally does put on a performance if we're going to go by what you're saying he puts on a brilliant performance the performance of a lifetime and now you're criticising him because while well, he, you know, he was at his best, but he still couldn't beat you. I think that's just pretty poor. But there's no way Josh Taylor won that fight. Uh, the problem is, a few years down the line, not re- you know, not many people are going to remember that. They might say, "Oh, he was lucky to get that split decision." It shouldn't have even been a split decision. I don't know how it was a split decision. Uh, books this week, I've started reading. Uh, the 1996 edition of the A to Z of Jack the Ripper by Paul Bear, Keith Skinner and the late Martin Fido. I, um, <clears throat> throat going there. Let's see if I can clear that up later. Oh, it might be left in. We'll see. Apologies. I read a sample on the uh, Kindle, which was uh, uh, the newest version going. So this particular copy is the 1996 edition. So it's going to be dated. But uh, I'll come to my reasons for buying it in a moment. As much as I'd like to get the new edition, it's not available in uh, print. So you can only get it on on Kindle at the moment. And I don't really like reading, particularly reference books on the Kindle. I know they might be advantageous because you can click on the links and jump back and forth. But uh, this book is for research. And it's going to be one of those books where there's going to be post-it notes everywhere. And it's not going to be a ripper book. Let me stress that, despite my fascination with the Whitechapel murders. But the format of the book is something that I'm going to borrow for my new book idea that I'm working on and enjoying. So I bought this really to study the format because I think it's a very clever format. The blurb for the book, An Examination of the Mystery of uh, Jack the Ripper. It is in encyclopedic format and describes all the theories, including the suspect, Joseph Barnett, the story of the Ripper Diaries and the theory of the lodger. It also details the policemen, politicians and bystanders caught up in the case. So that book travelled with me yesterday. I'm going to be in the cafe later after... uh, after my lunchtime run, hopefully uh, pre-lunchtime run, actually a late morning lunchtime run, that would enable me to get to the cafe uh, sooner today on a Monday. That often is the case. I'm not getting in there before 1,500 hours. So uh, this book, yeah, I think it's going to be very useful. And I uh, was reading it on the bus yesterday. So uh, it was the right thing to do to buy it. On the running front, Friday's uh, 6K was really difficult. I could have packed it in after three. I'm not sure why I felt so lethargic. It may be, as I say, the the tiredness of the traveling this week has just uh, left me maybe more lethargic than I can sometimes feel in the park. But I stuck it uh, it out and... uh, 
you know, maybe that carried me through the weekends uh, a bit. And I'll need a day's run as well. Had a big bowl of granola with yogurt when I got in last night, which was uh, very naughty. I'd taken a pat lunch with me. I, I didn't really fancy it. Didn't have an opportunity to have it before 2100 hours because uh, my bringer was still with me and I didn't want to be uh, unveiling that uh, tragic visual of having a pat lunch. Those sandwiches have gone in the fridge for tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's gig, if that goes ahead, I'll come to to that in a moment uh in the second half of the show yeah i think i did three runs last week all six k's if i remember rightly but uh yeah very difficult the the trainers are, are very muddy uh, i had to have my uh foot looked at again uh last week so interesting i have to buy some different uh, trainers now not running trainers just uh, everyday trainers and uh, the podiatrist was really interesting. Uh, he, he ripped out the insoles of both my trainers and did this forensic analysis of the way I'm walking. And he had the same problem where you walk slightly different on on uh, one of your feet. And he showed the markings on the insoles were, were clearly different. I think he was surprised that he had such a rapt audience. I spent an hour in there with him as he went through this. It was like, uh, you know, having my own uh, TED Talk, my own private TED Talk. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 375. It's 0909 hours here. Follow the show on uh, Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. You can, of course, if you're interested in uh, my gigs, my stand up gigs, there's the new Facebook page, which is uh, at DRT comedy. Find me on there. Um, request to be added and uh, I'll do that I'll be posting gigs on there DanielRuizTyson.com for all my work there is the Patreon page of course that keeps this show uh, alive uh, not very successfully Patreon.com forward slash DRT available appreciate those of you who continue to support the show via Patreon you can also support the work via PayPal and Ko-fi.com links for those on my website one-off donations will get the latest bonus content we transfer to you and please do rate review the podcast on whatever platform you listen to and subscribe to it again that just helps the show grow Howard Hughes shout out to Pete Domican old school podcast listener thanks for your support uh, Pete one of those Twitter people I had the pleasure of meeting in real life uh, years ago possibly the first northerner uh, I ever met who supports a southern based uh, club the reverse is very common you know the south of the country is full of uh, northern supporting glory hunter fans but uh, very unusual to have the reverse. Not that supporting Tottenham makes you a, a glory hunt. I'm just saying it's unusual and something that always uh, fascinated me. A brilliant photographer too. Take a look at Pete's work at PeterDomikinPhotography.com. Lots of uh, photographs from his beloved uh, Lisbon. Pete's also a, a massive uh, Benfica fan. Uh, so do please check out his page, PeterDomikinPhotography.com. Let me bring you up to speed with my stand-up gigs this week. Tomorrow night, Tuesday, the 1st of March, I'm at uh, TNT Comedy. That's at the Vine 86 Highgate Road. Uh, that's in uh, London, obviously. Um, there is a tube strike, I think, tomorrow, so that's going to cause me problems. I had a plus one for that who are based uh, north of the river. I don't know if they're going to be able to make it now, so uh, it could be that I'm going to have to drop out of that. I hope not, although it is a long night. I think they look like they've got about 16 comics on there. 
And I've done TNT before during my earlier stand-up incarnation. This is a different venue. Now, I hope it goes ahead because, as I say, I just won that stage time. And uh, every time I, you know, a gig arrives at the moment, um, thinking, why, uh, not why am I doing this, but, you know, this is making life a bit harder. It's a, it's a challenge. I'm out of my comfort zone. But then it's good to be challenged. And uh, I'd rather be doing this than the football show. This is maybe a bit more realistic for me in terms of trying to make some uh, money uh, eventually. On Wednesday, again, I'm struggling for a bringer for this. This one is also in North London. So again, it's going to be a lot more traveling. I'm at uh, Big Nose Comedy at the Boogaloo uh, 312 Archway Road. Again, all you'll find all the details uh, at uh, danielruistyson.com forward slash gigs and uh, just find details of all the gigs there so that's on wednesday night again i need to find a bringer it does get in the way you know of prepping your show having to have a bringer and uh, a lot of people just get strangers people they don't know other comics and they swap bringer nights you know if you if you come along for my night and help me out i'll come along for your night this this is when i'm available so and they sort it out that way i think i'd find that difficult having a stranger there because as i say i do need to prepare and when I have the, the type of person that I am, and when I have uh, friends with me, um, they know what I'm like, so they'll give me that time to prepare. And of course, you're comfortable with them, so there's no awkward silences. But yeah, having the having some fellow comic be my bringer, I think that's going to be a last resort for me. Saturday, the fifth of March, I'm at uh, Groovy Bunch. I think this is looking like a big night, so I'm really going to have to be up on my game for this one uh that's in hammersmith uh, grove 83 hammersmith grove the grove bar and restaurant that's uh london w6 i forgot to mention actually last week i'd had a slightly underwhelming haircut just uh i think this was the night i did the cavendish arms gig stockwell it was a really underwhelming haircut at the cutting cruise in Vauxhall. guys i started using during the early days of the podcast really poor fade which was surprising as I'd lucked in or thought I had in having the scalp attended to by their finest hairdresser. The guy's given me some really good haircuts in the past, but perhaps the pandemic had left him rusty with the clippers, uneven fade on the sides. I trusted him, so I wasn't keeping a close eye in the uh, barbershop. Uh, there's the voice again, barbershop. And, uh, you know, also I didn't want to really, he's not a big talker. I'm not a big talker. And uh, I just kept quiet, kept my eyes down, let him get on with the job. I won't be doing that again. Uh, I need to, the guy needs to regain my confidence. So, you know, you, you messed up the hair once. It's not going to happen twice. I got home, took a look with two mirrors, you know, doing the side mirror thing. I thought that is, uh, that is poor uh, kind of Phil Foden type fade, the kind of crap haircut from the late 80s that uh, should never have been replicated. Uh, tomorrow, got to do uh, a recce for my short film, going to visit the property where the bulk of the short film is going to be made. Need to draw a f- floor plan of that. I'm thinking that I am going to remove my shoes when I go in there. I'm sure I'll be told you don't need to, but uh, you know, I just want to, I just feel it's the, <clears throat> the right thing to do uh let me give you my nectar points for this week uh my latest uh receipt from the nine elms monster 25th of february opening balance 243 i think i'm doing fairly well there actually that's a combination of ebay purchases and uh using some of those uh coupons treble treble your nectar point coupons uh bought some what are these i bought a box of tissues 
much smaller than they used to be. You get less for your money these days, that's for sure. Bought some more yogurt, skim milk, two pints, which has now gone up to 95p. Uh, there was a deal going on, Nivea men's cream, a couple of single oranges. I don't know why Sainsbury's oranges have been so small in the last few months. That's not something replicated at Tesco or Asda. And I bought uh, some bananas for 38p. I'm not sure. I think that might have been just three bananas in total, £8.13. Uh, and eight points, new points balance, two, five, one, worth £1.25. So I wasn't able to use any bonus points with this. Uh, Star Wars football, so much to report, so many games to, to, to tell you about this week. I can't remember a week for a while where I've played uh, so many games. So it's just been a, a week where I've felt very discombobulated. As I say, I've been playing a lot of early morning kickoffs, which is very unusual. It used to happen in the 80s, but, uh, you know, not in this, not at this stage of my life. So I've had, you know, 8 a.m. kickoffs. Also, last night was uh, there was one at 2300 hours, which I'll come to in a bit. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the season. The Community Shield got Silver Age Season 7 uh, underway. Uh, Besbin versus X Wing. Besbin, their squad is looking very strong. They've strengthened from a position of strength, which is what all champions should do. They didn't do it for season four after uh, dif- uh, winning their first league title in Silver Age season three. And they had a really underwhelming defence of the title. Despite that, they got to the FA Cup final and the Champions League final that season, losing both to Tatooine. Still going with the Tatooine there. Uh, Besbin versus X Wing. League champions versus FA Cup winners. X Wing became the first. FA Cup winners of the Silver Age to actually lift the Community Shield. Uh, they a goal from IG88 gave them a one 0 victory goal in the uh, second half. X Wings third trophy of the Silver Age season. They were the first ever winners of the Community Shield back then in 1983. It was called the Charity Shield. Uh, they beat Tatooine three 0 in the first ever Charity Shield. Uh, one of the new teams, Apex, overlooked the team from Cloud City. So there'll be an extra derby or derbies um, in uh, Star Wars football this season because Death Star and Bespin are also Cloud City teams. Apex, Overlook kicked off their league existence by losing 3-0 to uh, Aldron, an impressive Aldron side, uh, making uh, short work of Apex. Overlook goals from uh, Leia B-Wing, who did he score two goals? Yeah, he scored two goals. I think he did, yeah. Uh, scored two goals and Leia scored uh, one. So impressive opening there from uh, Aldron. We've made a couple of signings. Scout Trooper from Rebels and Greedo from uh, Besbin. So they're looking very strong this year, though. They've lost uh, the action force figure, Schuster, the German soldier. They've lost him to... Who have they lost him to? <coughs> excuse me, to uh, Concord Dawn. Rebels with their much-changed squad. They won 2-0 at home to Empire. Poor performance from Empire. Rebels were two goals up going into the uh, going into the break. Man of the match, uh, Barada. Uh, ZX, sorry, uh, Darth Maul on loan from half for the season. The youngster opened the scoring on seven minutes. Three minutes later, ZX infantryman got a second uh, for... Rebels, quite a few debuts in that game. I think there were four debuts, two Rebels players, Fortuna and Death Star, making their second debuts uh, for the side. 24th of February, Besbin, the league champions, opened their defence of the title with a 1-0 win over Concord. Dawn, the other new team. Uh, Bosk, who was top scorer last season with 21 goals, he got the goal. Uh, just under, just just before the three-minute mark, wonderful ball in from the returning Besbin Leia, who's returned after 18 months 
at uh, Empire. Concord Dawn, very good performance. Didn't really test uh, the Besbin goal, though. They, they would have been mindful of that. But, uh, you know, a, a strong performance and it bodes well for their season. Uh, later that evening, also on the 24th, Tatween, nil, Hoth, nil. These two were favourites. Uh, there we go. 9.20 hours that these clowns go past. Fill in the blank, the sound of... Uh, Tatooine and Hoth played out a goalless draw. Hoth, uh, Bezbin Luke, it was an early return to uh, Sandy Lane where he was the club's most uh, successful captain. He didn't pick himself. 88 started at the back with uh, K250, the new Hoth vice-captain. Those two droids at the back played really well. Uh, Chief Jerper made his debut uh, for Hoth and was man of the match. Uh, Tatooine, notoriously slow starters in the league. Uh, they're up against X-Wing next. Uh, league uh, Week 1 also, Death Star and X-Wing also played out a goalless draw. Uh, Death Star have lost uh, Luke Besbin. They've brought in Tarkin from Rebels in exchange. Very similar players. Luke Besbin, though, may be more versatile. Solo return for X-Wing, of course. he'd, As I think I mentioned last week, he played his last ever game for X-Wing in the Christmas Cup final of uh, Christmas Eve 1984. His last touch was scoring the winning penalty in what is uh, regarded as the greatest Star Wars football game ever. And it's interesting that he made a substitute appearance against Besbin in the Community Shield last week. So his last and first game back for X-Wing were uh, were both against uh, Besbin. So the Week 1 league table, I mean, this never used to be done back in the day, but people love a league table now just after uh, uh, the opening game of the season. All drawn a, a top plus three, points three. Rebels were second, points three, plus two goal difference. Besbin uh, third. Despite only beating Concord Dawn 1-0, they did look very... Uh, very impressive. Uh, new Endor Solo appears like he's going to be their big player this season. He's had two consecutive starts and is a beautiful passer of the ball. So they're looking uh, all the stronger for it. Death Star, Hoth, Tatooine, X-Wing, they're all in, in joint fourth place. Uh, goalless, uh, uh, zero goal difference and uh, all on a single point. Concord Dawn, uh, eighth on zero uh, points, naught points, whatever. Uh, Empire and uh, Apex Overlook uh, take the bottom two places. Uh, Empire in ninth, minus two. Apex Overlook, minus three. League week two, Alderaan two, Rebels nil. A comfortable win for Alderaan. The first goal, a lightning attack. Rebels have dominated the first seven or eight minutes. R5, uh, D4 broke free for Alderaan on the left. Uh, zipped in a ball and a brilliant sliding uh, strike from Kraken to give him his first goal of the season. So the entire front three for Alderaan, uh, Leia, B-Wing and Kraken now all off the uh, mark. Alderaan atop now with uh, six points. Goal difference of plus five, naught goals conceded. Uh, European Super Cup final on Saturday night. Uh, Tatooine, the Champions League winners against Yavin 4. Yavin 4 disappointed. Tatooine won 1-0, uh, ran out 1-0 winners. Jedi Luke opening his account for the season. Uh, Campbell, the action force figure, making his debut uh, debut for Tatooine. He won. Uh, he was man of the match. And uh, so Tatooine, they were Super Cup runners up last year, losing to half two 0 So this year they've uh, they've won that. So they've already won their first trophy of the season. And last night after my gig at twenty three hundred hours, uh, the two new boys in Star Wars football played out uh, an interesting game. Concord Dawn at home to Apex Overlook. Concord Dawn. There was a shortness of breath. Concord Dawn were favourites to win following their very, uh, very impressive performance at Bears Bin, but Apex Overlook dominated the first half, only to fall 
in the end by three goals to nil, which was harsh. <coughs> so what is going on with the throat here today? Let me just take a swig. Sparkling water, which is no longer sparkly. Uh, Concord Dawn. Uh, where was I going with this? Apex Overlook. They're at the bottom now with uh, minus six goal difference. So, yep. That is uh, this week's Star Wars uh, football news, he said, trying to recover his uh, voice. Let me take you to the cafe. Yeah, I can't remember a lot much about last Monday. On Tuesday with the cafe closed, I'd gone to see my aunt and then I figured I'd go and have a coffee in South Lambeth. I went into Stockwell Continental, the cafe that opened on the site of the old Spanish uh, restaurant, Rebatos. Um, I think the first time I was in there had been uh, with uh, Jack McEnroy uh, last year and I think probably because I you know, had company and it was a little distracted. I enjoyed myself in there. The coffee was okay, but it's very different when you're on uh, in there on your own to work. You know, the coffee for me it was very lukewarm. Maybe that's just to get you to buy more. Um, it was very weak coffee. The the Wi-Fi uh, was weak. Had a lot of work to do. So you know, after ordering the coffee, almost the first thing I asked for in there, like a millennial, was for their Wi-Fi login. But you know, the whole point of going there was to do some work. They gave me two options. The first one wasn't uh, recognised. The young girl behind the bar. Uh, took my phone off me to punch in the password for the second uh, Wi-Fi uh, spot. And I was just watching her. My phone must have been thinking, well, wow, what's this? You know, she had the whole kind of two thumbs thing going, which, you know, I can't do. Um, so the connection there was intermittent and everyone was having problems with the Wi-Fi there. But I did feel like a bit of a gentrifying sellout in there with my uh, laptop. I don't think I'll be going in there again, not on my own. And uh, I was getting a bit irate as I was... Uh, you know, looking around to see what they'd done with the place. They had caviar crisps on sale, Iberian ham crisps on sale. And I just thought, yeah, this, you know, this isn't me. Wednesday, back in the cafe, Argentina 78. He called me Jonathan. Now, I, I've been aware for some time, even though we've been chatting for over a decade now, that this guy doesn't know my name. I don't know why this keeps happening. And when he called me Jonathan, it was only him and I in the cafe at the time. And I kept hearing, Jonathan. Jonathan. And I thought, I looked around, I thought, he must be talking to me. So I answered to Jonathan. And I did worry that if uh, Seb K or any of the other waiters who know my name in there were, were around at that time and they'd heard that, they must have wondered, well, why is he being called Jonathan? Is that actually his name? Has he given, has he given Argentina 78 his real name and he's just given us a bogus name? What's going on here? So I answered to uh, Jonathan anyway. And then the Argentina 78, he was trying to order breakfast from Phil Collins in Portuguese. You know, he's from Manchester. Just keep things simple. Are you Portuguese? No, good. Just order your breakfast in English because you're just confusing Phil Collins. And so so that was Wednesday morning. So I'd started off that day being called Jonathan in the cafe. And then when I came off stage in Shepherd's Bush, uh, the MC called me Luke. So a uh, real identity crisis that uh, that day on Friday, as I say, I can't remember too much about last week. Uh, Friday, the raconteur was back. Well, I have said he looks like Bob Dylan in recent shows. On second thoughts, I'll revise that. He is a dead ringer for Keith Richards. He also looks like he's lived the same kind of life as uh, Keith Richards, and he had that still that grey and goatee tuft under his uh, bottom lip. He met up with a fellow bandmate in a non-essential hat. This fellow bandmate had the deepest of chin dimples and uh, the way his jaw was lined and uh, a very sort of ruddy complexion, there was something of the Andrew Neil 
about him. The raconteur ordered himself a fried egg on toast. Well done on both sides. I'm guessing he meant the egg. Or have I got that wrong? I don't know. But anyway, that's where we leave the cafe this week. That is where we leave the show. And that is it. That is the end of this week's uh, show. Uh, 48 minutes running time, like my old door number 48. So uh, I think that's uh, that's a decent time. We can wrap it up this week. That is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Uh, shares, retweets of the show, very much appreciated. Downloads continue to be piss poor. You know, let's 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 promote this show a bit. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this start of the week I have been available. <laughs>